Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Sneakers and Cleats, the podcast. Never has North Texas, this bowl game last year, Troy. Welcome back to the Sneakers and Cleats podcast. This is Tuesday, the Rare Tuesday podcast, episode 62. It is December 19th. Don Harris, Matt Roy, not in our uh, studios today, here from the home of FC Dallas. You are looking here. live. Yeah. We're live, Matt. Well, we are, for the second time. <laughs> That's awesome. This time, not live in our studio, though. Live from Frisco, Texas, where UTSA and uh, the Marshall Thundering Herd, one of the rare mascots, the Thundering Herd. It's a good one. Is it? Yeah. No, I like original mascots. <laughs> Nothing beats banana slugs. True. That's a very good one. But we got the uh, Frisco Bowl, the Scooters Coffee Frisco Bowl. Hopefully coffee gets poured on Jeff Trailer tonight and not... Uh, not the Marshall uh, coach. Ice coffee. Well, he likes ice coffee. Yeah, we can't have him scalding his head. <laughs> first of all, he likes ice coffee. He also likes cream, much much cream. Yeah. We talked about it. We'll hear from him in a little bit about his coffee order. But he really likes coffee with his cream instead of vice versa. So I think the last time we were here was a different sponsor. Yeah, it was the Smoothie Bowl last time. Yeah, Wasn't Smoothie it? King. Smoothie King. No, Frisco Bowl. Tropical. That's what it was. Tropical Smoothie Oasis something. Is that right, Jack? <laughs> <laughs> Something. <laughs> All right. Well, as, well, as always, we'll start with uh, the number game. 62, obviously, one of the most prominent people in sports right now is Jason Kelsey. He's 62. We saw him get his butt kicked last night by the uh, Seahawks and Drew Locke. But, you know, this is the first number where you've got me completely stumped. <laughs> That's rare. The 62 has no meaning whatsoever to me. <laughs> Not to you. Like, as, as I look at it, I go... There's nothing, and you know, I have a vast knowledge of sports history, especially jersey numbers. Right. But there's no, like, you know, I mean, Iceman scored 63. In his well, career 63 high. is going to be easy on Thursday because you got the 63 from Iceman, but you also have 63 from MJ in the garden yep. during the playoff game. The what playoffs. was it, 86 or something like that? 87? Yep. 85 so, or 86. Yeah, yeah. So that's easy. That's an easy number. Yeah. We well, got 62 is a difficult one. So I put a couple of things on here okay. with Aaron Judge. Obviously, 62, I, which I think is the record. I don't put the I agree. Uh, the, the steroid users on there as their records. And then Arnold Palmer won 62 tournaments. Did not know that. 62 total tournaments. The gold, or not the Golden Bear, but the Mr. Arnold Palmer himself. Yeah. So, yeah. RIP. But anyway, so started with that. We got a lot going on today, obviously. The bowl game kicking off here in less than five hours. Don's going to be live at five and six. Try and get everyone out of here by four o'clock. But we got... Uh, sound from uh, Rashad Wisdom and Frank Harris. We got a really great interview, candid interview with uh, Jeff Trailer. That it was very good, Matt. Nice job on that. Yeah, and thanks to Jack for helping out and getting that as well. But Jeff is just fantastic. I think he's the best. He is. He's one of the best people, just in general, in sports. So That's why people love him. Yeah. So we're gonna get to the full game, breaking down the matchup here against Marshall in a little bit. But Don, I, I kind of want to start with Rashad and Frank, because even though there's 21 seniors. 
there's really the, the two faces of the franchise. Sure. And so you've been here, obviously, a lot longer than I have. You've gotten to know Frank considerably. You know Diana, Wisdom, and, and Rashad because of their battle with Richard, Bryce and whatnot. Yep. And yeah. so I want you to kind of lay the set the scene for like the struggles that Frank and Rashad have gone through, and wow. and where and where they've come from to get to here, where they're playing in their last bowl game. Well, Jack knows as good as anybody because nobody covers high school sports better than our Jack Green. But Frank's journey for us began when he was a sophomore at Clemens High School, and he was this nerd who wore big thick. Uh, Coke bottle glasses, and he played in rec specs. And but he was a fantastic talent. You could you, you could see it from the beginning. You do our play of the week on Friday Night Fever, and we have the three nominees. Like Frank was nominated every <laughs> week as a high school player, and I'll never forget he and his dad coming in studio for our end of the season postseason awards. And he was yes sir, no sir, Mister Respectful, just the nicest kid. He wanted to, the the videotape of him being on TV. His dad was with him. They were very nice. He told us he'd picked UTSA. We we're like, great, we're going to see in the future. And then he's had all those injuries. And I remember when they brought Josh Atkins in, he was brought in to be the starter. And Frank somehow beat him out. And then Lowell Narcisse came in, and, and, and Frank beat him out. And through all the injuries, 10 surgeries, and then very well documented the last year or so, uh, four procedures, which one got infected, and he almost lost his leg and basically retired in May. And Jeff just didn't accept it. He said, let's just wait. And he had one more procedure that worked. Uh, I thought early this season, when he went down, uh, I think it was game two, yeah, game it was, three. Yeah, it was early, and then he didn't play against Army, didn't play against Tennessee. Yeah, I thought he was going to, he would just retire and be his career. So for him to be healthy so many injuries. going into this game, oh, just seven on his left knee alone, shoulder, the right knee, ACLs in both. Well, and then you're, I mean, you're here for seven years. You're the starter for three bet almost four and it's just like do you keep want to doing want want to keep doing it is what i mean to say it's like yeah. what's your love of the game what is your love of the school what's your love of the city and it's just like it seems like every time that you put a hurdle in front of him he gets to jump a little higher and you know last year when he got his draft grade he knew he would never be an nfl player and he don't i don't think he really wanted to be because of his injuries he's tired he's hurt he he feels it he's going to have so many orthopedic problems down the road but with NIL and with savoring and relishing each moment and becoming more and more valuable to him, I think he wanted to come back one more year. He's like, like this is going to be over soon, and I'm never going to play right. football again. As for Rashad, we had him on Thursday Night Lights as a sophomore playing for Judson. And he, DeMarvin Leal, who's with the Steelers now, was the big kid we were all focused on. And Sincere McCormick and Rashad, these two sophomores, dominated the game. Rashad had a pick six. Sincere had a long run. We were like, man, these kids are going to be good for years. He had Houston and TCU. I thought Rashad would go somewhere else. He stayed home. And then, of course, his freshman year is when Bryce gets sick. And uh, Bryce is his brother. His brother, for, for Bryce. people who, who don't know. I think a lot of people remember that kid. Passed away at age 15 um, after a valiant battle with cancer. And we got to know the whole family during those right. times. And and Rashad was really torn up about all that and had to lean on his teammates. And the way the family strength showed through, the way Trailer comes to town not knowing that family. And as soon as he gets here, he's going to a funeral without even knowing really the family. He, he met Bryce a couple of times uh, and included Bryce into the program. So it's just been a, a, a great journey because what I'm proud of is who these men are as human beings in the community, 
their grades, their master's degrees. Rashad's going into cybersecurity with a, with a degree. And uh, they were both raised by fantastic parents, uh, the Harris's and the Wisdoms. And yeah. it's just been, it's really been fun. What you've seen is like this, these, this group of seniors, Rashad and Frank being the headliners, obviously, this group like grow up together and become a, a team that the city itself could rally around. Yeah. It seems like because it, you, I mean, we don't have a football team. We have the Brahmas, but like you, we don't have a professional football team here. And I, I feel like in San Antonio, everyone's kind of itching to root for someone, itching to root for something. And we're a football crazed town, obviously, Cowboys town. But you want to root for a certain hometown group. And it seems like UTSA, when they became good under Jeff and with Frank and Rashad, you root for the hometown kids. It's like everything just kind of fell into place for this whole group. Yeah, and the way they won. Exactly. They won, and in the way they won, the tipped pass to win the division against UAB, uh, the comeback against North Texas to win back-to-back conference championships. To me, the highlight of the tenure so far has been the Western Kentucky championship game at home in the Dome. Uh, the energy in the building that night was the way it could be. It shows you what Jeff wanted to be in the future, and the place was just, I think it was 47,000, but it sounded like 65. And the electricity in the building was just off the charts, and they win a thrilling game against uh, the kid who's yep. Brady, Bra- Bailey Zappi. Bailey Zappi. He's playing for the <laughs> Patriots. And, uh, you know, that it just it created an energy in San Antonio that, amazingly, they carried over into the American. So it seems we are streaming live right now, and so if you guys do have any questions, you can make them on YouTube, Facebook, either of the KABB or OAI Facebook pages. We'll have Bob Gambert, our... Uh, Web guy who is happy, bir- happy birthday, by the way. Happy birthday, Cyber Bob. Happy Go birthday, Browns. Cyber Bob. Um, His so Cleveland he- Browns are tearing it up. He's happy. I know. Joe Flacco is going to be in my nightmares uh, again. Um, so anyway, we, uh, if you guys want to comment, leave a comment, leave a question, anything like that. Bob will read them to me, and I'll read them out loud since Don doesn't have his IFB in. But uh, let's get to the first soundbite for right now. This is uh, Rashad and... Frank at the uh, press conference yesterday talking about like one last ride and, and what one last game is going to mean to them. It's been a little bit of both. Um, I'll be honest. We had a team meeting this morning at seven. Uh, Coach Trailers talk, started talking about some some things about life, and I'm not going to lie, I started getting emotional a little bit um, that early. But um, it's definitely been it's been a, it's been a fun ride. Um, you know, I mean, definitely definitely have been where my feet are, um, enjoying the moment, taking it all in. Um, but I'm going to be honest, tomorrow I'll probably be crying, win or loss, so please don't get no pictures of me <laughs> with my tears. But it's been fun. It's been fun. Yeah, it's so like what he was saying. Um, it really hasn't hit me uh, much yet, but I know tomorrow night, like you said, win or lose, I'll probably have some tears coming down my eyes because it's my last time playing. Um, and you test that uniform and, you know, just been there for so long and all the struggles that we've been through to, to having the success we had last couple seasons. Um, it just means a lot, so definitely going to cherish that moment. When you think about this game and kind of – I feel like we're maybe making it out to be a lot, but it is a lot because it's like this core group of guys, Jeff Trailer's first group of guys, getting out there and trying to win their first bowl game. They'll check the last thing off the list. When you look at it, how important is this game to, one, these people that we have gotten to know so well, but two, to the program to see it into the next era. Well, let's put it this way. If they lose to Marshall tonight, what does it mean? Nothing. Still a good program. They're going to be good next year. They're recruiting well. 
um, the new class is going to catch on. We've, I think, found that out over the last few years, like when they lost to Troy last year. They played so hard and so valiantly and almost pulled it off at the end. Um, this legacy of Frank Harris' era at UTSA is set in stone, no matter what happens tonight. If they're able to win, it's just that last feather in the cap of the thing that they haven't done yet in school history, and that's win a bowl game. Uh, bowl games are hard to get up for and hard to prepare for because the season's over, guys are transferring, you've got to finish your grades. A lot of times you lose five or six key guys to grades. But that's the thing with this group is like none of them did that. They, it, all, they all ended up graduating. They all won. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Wanted to play in this game except for Trey Moore, who obviously for other reasons isn't here. But it's like, they, that's the thing about this group is that they're yeah. just so close. And they're like, you know what? We're going out and we're playing balls to the wall. They've learned the last couple of years. First of all, Sincere left them uh, to go to the Raiders right here mm. on this field. Didn't play in that game, although he was allowed to come. Uh, the next year, same thing with Troy. They had some guys... Uh, that were academically ineligible because report cards come out about a week ago. And so it's easy to lose focus for a bowl game because so much is going on. You got the holidays, graduating if you're leaving, if you're moving on, if you're going to the NFL or whatever you're doing. But like I said, this time it seems like they've stuck around and they've mm -hmm. prepared. Marshall's the team that's losing guys in the transfer right. portal. So I would expect, I think the line's 12. Yeah, 12 and a half now. I, I would expect UTSA comes out and wins tonight. But if they don't, it's not the end of the world. If they do, it's just another feather in the cap. Getting ahead of me on predictions, man. Oh, uh, sorry. No. <laughs> this is, let's get to the second soundbite. This is Frank talking yesterday about uh, how important a win would be to kind of, you know, tick that last thing off of the list for all these seniors. I mean, it's everybody's, you know, first bowl game if we win. It's not just, you know, mine personally. Um, of course, I want to win it, but of course, my teammates want to win it as well. It'll be the first in school history, so it's not all on me. It's not all on my shoulders. I know all the other guys want to win it as well, so we're going to go out there as a team and, you know, try to fulfill that, you know, commitment that we set forth to when we first came, came here to UTSA. When you look at this game um, specifically, like Marshall is one of those programs that's just always in a bowl. They're, I think they've been to seven in a row. Marshall's two and one against UTSA all time. Marshall has a top winning percentage among all FBS teams when you that have gone to at least ten bowls, thirteen and five overall in bowls. It's like they just get up for these games because they're born for these games. It seems like so when when you have a team that's never won one against a team that's perennially in one, what does that kind of do? You think that actually plays into this at all? Well, like Jeff said, you know, Marshall's the program we want to become. You know, uh, UTSA is twelve years old, maybe fifteen, but only been playing for twelve. Uh, Marshall's been playing forever and then had to restart their program after the plane crash in 71, but won a national championship at the FBS level. Um, ran, you know, Randy Moss, uh, they have a, a elite alumni that have played at Marshall. And so they're a football program that is built, solid, sustained, and, and winning. And so... Uh, UTSA is the new kid on the block. Right. To you, 
barring, I mean, besides tonight, obviously, tonight is the end of an era, and I think we've all accepted that, win or lose. Is it going to be weird next year looking at UTSA just because it's like you're going to have the McCown kid probably starting or ELM or whoever who ends up uh, winning the starting job? You're going to have so many different faces and stuff like that. You don't have the two faces of the franchise. I think Josh Cephas is going to be gone as well. You might have JT Clark back, but you have so many guys that we've gotten to know so well gone. Is it going to be weird like looking at it and being like, the mainstay's Jeff, but all the other dudes are gone? Yeah, and, and you know what's weird is is... is that's weird for college football because you're supposed to be here three or four years and move on. Right. For Frank to be here for seven and for Rod Shaw to be here for five, yeah, it's, it's and they put those kids out in front of the cameras pretty much exclusively right. along with a couple of others. It is going to be weird, but at the same time, Jeff, I think, has done a good enough job with the young guys in the pipeline, with Kewen and, uh, and, and the quarterbacks. Uh, they re- recruited really well today. They got a, a really nice... Highest re- recruited in UTSA history, yeah. rated recruit. Four star. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, offensive lineman transfer from Oregon. So they need some O line. So <laughs> yeah, they're they're beefing up and and they'll continue to do a good job. So when it comes to the success of the program, and it kind of like all falls on the shoulders of Jeff. Like when Jeff came here, they started winning. It was seven and five, and then you know what happened after that? Undefeated conference title runs yeah. and all of that stuff. Tell me a little bit because you've gotten really close with Jeff, um, a little, or kind of close with Jeff at least. And so he's a when, friend. Yeah, when you look at when you look at what he's done and what he's been able to build here, how sustainable do you think that is, is for as long as he's in the in the pipeline here? It's sustainable as long as he's here. That's the key. As long as he's here, and you know you can read the tea leaves every uh, off season with. Uh, the, the, the interviews, uh, A&M, you know, didn't offer, but had they, he would have been gone. Houston, he didn't particularly want that job, but they're coming again next year. And eventually I think he goes because he seems to be, and he's been outspoken about this, frustrated about facilities, money, NIL, recruiting budgets, nutrition. He's pushed in the envelope. He's got a lot of things done. He's got, uh, you know, the race facilities built. He's got the outdoor lights up. He's raising money on his own with some fundraisers in San Antonio, some boosters. Um, but if he has the funding and he was able to, to have the money to do what he needs to do, he could get in the college football playoff here. Well, yeah. And- Just like Tulane. Yeah, I mean, it would take a while. It would take that for them to get to a Power 5 conference and the whole status no, of... No, it wouldn't. It would, I think it would take them to get into it. Because well, the whole, the year, whole status of college football is changing. Yeah, but next year, power, uh, non-Power Fives are in the playoff. That's fair. Actually, I forgot about the ex- expansion. That's, yeah. that's correct. Um, but he probably could, but it's going to take for them to get on the level of like a Houston or a, uh, or a SMU or Let's any put it of this that, way. Had, like the, that. had the 12-team playoff been in play two years ago when they started off and won 12 games, uh, they were ranked 15th. Mm-hmm. It would have been a question if they got in they, or they, they, It would have been right there to get at the number 12 seed. And that was the year they played uh, San Diego State, right? And they ended up playing SDSU in the bowl game? I guess so. I thought that was here, right? Yeah. Um, anyway, we have, a, we have a great interview with Jeff Trailer. I want to get to because it is kind of lengthy, but he talks about especially how important these kids are and this group is to him. And just before we get to the interview, I just want to ask you, like, 
you've seen Jeff, you know Jeff, I think all of us like him and love him as a person because he is one of those genuinely good dudes and kind of all Texas through and through, sure. especially with his draw and stuff. But when you see how Jeff and has that kinship with Rashad and with Frank and with Ernesto and with T. Haynes and with all the guys that are on this team, what does that tell you about one, him as a coach, but two, him as a person with how he interacts with his This players. is why Jeff is successful, and this is why everybody loves him, because when UTSA hired him, it was D.W. Rutledge who called me to let me know about Jeff. I didn't know Jeff. And D.W. Rutledge, legendary Judson High School football mm-hmm. coach and president of the Texas Coaches, High School Coaches Association for years, called me and told me all I needed to know about Jeff Trailer. If he's got D.W. stamp of approval, then he's the real deal. Right. And that's because... He's grounded in his faith first, family second, football third, and he values relationships. And it doesn't matter if you're the janitor or the president of the university, he treats you the same way. And I think that's why he's successful, because everybody loves him. And his players will run through walls for him. You don't come back from 20 down at Memphis that first year. If you don't have real culture, it's a word we use, but I'm talking about guys in that locker room who are willing to, to fight for the guy next to him. And it's because of him that that exists. Let's get to the interview real quick and we can learn about his, uh, his fascination with coffee, his iced coffee with his cream, and uh, how much he loves his kids. Let's get to that and we'll be right back. If I had told you, you've been here four years in a day now. Yeah. So if I had told you four years ago that you guys were going to be 38 and 14 in your tenure, 24 and 7 in conference, or 27 and 4 in conference, win back-to-back conference USA championships, back-to-back coaches of the year, almost win an AAC, move your team to a new uh, conference and succeed again. What would you have said to me four years ago? Yeah, uh, <laughs> back then I was just trying to convince y'all we could do anything, so I probably would have told you for sure it was going to happen, but you never know. And um, as excited as I am about the success we've had, I just always think about the, the near misses. And uh, that's still what weighs the most heavy on me is the, 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 the few that we didn't get done is why we didn't get it done and what can we do to get those done. So uh, been an amazing four years, uh, very excited about what we've done and, and even more excited about what we're going to do. In your time here, what's the, is there a one win that sticks in your head more than any other one? And again, I've, you know, I've done this a long time and this is pretty much just who I am as a human as I've learned. It's, Unfortunately, it's the, it's the losses that just you can't get out of your mind. Um, well, my next question was, which loss sticks with you the most? Yeah. So since we're going to try to feed the positive dog here, <laughs> um, you know, I guess the first the win in Southern Miss is how happy we were to make a bowl, and that kid, those kids, kids were just so elated uh, to go to a bowl. Uh, that will always be in my mind. Um, the next year, you know, Illinois being a power five, getting the There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard to snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events... You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Season started off, the comeback versus Memphis. Uh, obviously, the UAB win, mm-hmm. Western Kentucky for a conference championship. Those things will always stick out. 
Uh, the next year, you know, doing it again, you know, the, the combat versus North Texas at home. Um, you know, that's the, the, the overtime games and the injuries that year we just keep overcoming and then to win a conference championship at home again for two years in a row, those are always special. And this year it's such a struggle just with injuries, you know, with Frank the whole season. It was just so week to week with him and that was tough because I love him so much and he's done so much for the program. Uh, but us getting on that seven-game winning streak when everybody kind of written us off and the new league and right. teams that are, you've been playing a lot longer than we've been playing. And uh, so, yeah, th those would be the ones that probably come to my mind just off the top of my head. But I, don't, I don't spend a lot of time thinking about those, really. This well, is the next question. I have a feeling. I won't rip off the scab like, like, uh, like Greg <laughs> did during the, during the presser. Uh, when, it, when it comes to these seniors that you just mentioned, you know, Frank and Rashad and Josh and – all the guys that have been with you all four of these years, what is that? What's that kinship like yeah. with with those guys? I think because we all started together, it's going to be a little different. Uh, you know, let's be honest. Whenever there's a coaching change, obviously things aren't going well, uh, and I've been a part of that in the other way too. Mm -hmm. I, it's not like I've always uh, I've been a part of that, so I understand that. So because where we started and where we are now. I would imagine the city of San Antonio wasn't just thrilled when they got a Texas high school football coach to be their head coach. And, and uh, so I, I will be forever grateful for those kids believing in me. And, uh, and it's been since day one. Like Frank and Rashad have been in since day one and Sincere McCormick and Spencer Burford and a lot of those guys, Tariq Woolen, a lot of those guys, you know, and these guys are still with me now, it's four years. I mean, Frank Harris has started every game for me as a, high, as a quarterback except for probably four games or three. Mm -hmm. I mean, he didn't start against Army uh, his first year, and he didn't start against Tennessee and Army this year. Other than that, that's, that guy's been my dude. Rashad Wisdom, safety. And both those guys have been in zeros for four straight years, which is the most votes on the team. And, mm -hmm. You know, T. Haynes. I mean, I, T. Haynes was probably the one kid of the 68 that showed up in my first team meeting that I did not think was ever going to play for me. His arms folded, legs crossed, big scowl <laughs> on his face. And I went upstairs and said, I know whoever that kid is on my left, he's never going to want to play for me. And now he's a single-digit guy and started for me for three years. And I can go through each story. You know, mm -hmm. Lucas Dean, four-year starter for me at punter. I just, I can keep rattling them off. And uh, I'll miss them. Uh, I'll be more emotional uh, in the bowl game. Has it been emotional this week? Then the senior night is because I know I still get to coach them a little longer. I'm not coaching these kids anymore, and that's always tough on me. This this week for you is like, just asking. We were asking Josh like six days, five days, four days. How is that for you? Yeah, another one. There's another great example. Um, I remember my very first game here. The catch he made against Texas State uh, in the end zone and one-handed. All those kids were just young and just starting to make a name for themselves. And now here we are, and uh, really proud of him. I mean, he's, you know, he had the mistake last year in the bowl game, and it's just eating at him, man. It just it weighs on him all the time, and I hate that for that kid. And it's in the public eye, and he knows that. And he's been such a buttoned-up great kid for me. And, uh, yeah, it'll, uh, it'll be emotional. I'll get emotional now. 
I can see that in, in your face. Why, why is it that these kids make you, make you like that? Oh, uh, it's just kind of who I am. It's just the Lord made me that way. I love people. And uh, I love good people, too. I love all people, but I really love good ones. <laughs> and those kids have been so good to me. And um, they just, they're just different. And we've been through a lot together. And it's, they've been very, very, very loyal to me. And uh, I've tried to reciprocate that back to those guys. And uh, So, yeah, Ernesto, there's a lot of them. There's a lot of kids that we're going to be riding off in the sunset that, you know, have done a lot for this program. That I, and I think this city will always be grateful for that and remember that. For, for Frank specifically, I think at this point when you hear Frank Harris, you think Jeff Trailer. When you hear Jeff Trailer, you think Frank Harris. You guys are just so synonymous with one another because of the wins and the, the, the greatness that you guys have brought to UTSA. For your relationship with Frank specifically, what is that like to have that kind of kinship with one specific player and have so much of your success be his success and his success be yours. Like what is, what's that like? I've always understood that. I've been a head coach for 19 years, and the quarterback and the head coach uh, always get way more credit than they deserve, and they get way more blame than they deserve. So we're kind of united from the very beginning. I don't ever apologize to my team. I tell them from the jump street, they'll be, they'll be treated differently. You'll never touch them. They'll be in a red jersey. Uh, I'm hard on them, uh, especially when they're young. I mean, Frank and I used to go at it you know, back in the day. Uh, now it's not like that as much. He's a senior, and I, I, he's as much involved in the game plan as I am, and we listen to each other. And so there's that, but then it gets different because it's your first head college job, and you know you're in a city of San Antonio, and you know you're dealing with Josh Atkins, who's an amazing human, and Lowell Narcisse, and Frank Harris, and, and we got to decide who's going to be the quarterback, and, and JoJo Weeks, as a matter mm -hmm. of fact, I mean, we had four guys we were trying to decide between. And uh, when we decided to go with Frank, uh, just the way Lowell and Josh and JoJo handled that, that room, I'll always be forever grateful for those kids. And all three of those kids are doing wonderful, by the way. Mm -hmm. I mean, two of them are coaching. And JoJo's doing great in the world. And um, just the way Frank handled it and uh, the way he's been for us. And it's, it's not even on the field. He's, he's fantastic on the field. It's just how much he loves the city I have a feeling Frank and I will still be doing stuff together for this program. You know, there's so many of those guys. I mean, Savion Harris is in our city. He's always doing stuff for us. Um, you know, Miles Benning. There's just guys out there that are still getting connected. We're a brand new program. We, you know, we have a lot of needs still and wants. And uh, I foresee Frank Harris uh, being as much the face of our franchise for the next 20 years. Whether it's out raising money for the school or NIL money, uh, I can just see his smile and his name getting in a lot of doors. I don't have time to do all that. Uh, but I can see Frank Harris being the face of this program you know, for a long time in a lot of ways. Speaking uh, on the game next week, it's your last one with those guys. It's obviously going to be emotional. What kind of exclamation point would that put on the last four years in this senior class? Yeah, you know, you hate to put too much on one game, but it's it's just the truth what y'all are saying. It's the one thing we kind of hadn't gotten done. It's the kind of little bitter taste we got in our mouths. You know, it's, it's, it's hard to get to a championship game. It's even harder to win it. Uh, for those kids to have done that twice, and we were so close again this year. Mm -hmm. um, but we hadn't got that. And that's just something those guys are really determined to get done before they leave here. And I think it'd be a great way to send those guys off.
you guys have had like some sort of different hurdle to jump over each bowl game. It's like whether it's an injury or whether it's COVID or whether it's people who are ineligible or whatever the case may be. Do you feel that this one there's almost like the least amount of, of hurdles to jump over almost? Uh, we'll see. You know, there's still eight <laughs> days left. Right. Uh, you know, our first year there, I got it. So I couldn't even coach the game. And then about 20 of those kids couldn't play either. And then we drew up, you know, we had like three games canceled. Uh, I could have coached in the first two or three, but I didn't have COVID then. Mm-hmm. Then I got it and I couldn't coach. And then we draw Louisiana Lafayette, who's top 15 in the country. And Billy Napier did a great job. And then the next year, you know, San Diego State gets COVID the week before us. So their team comes back and they have no COVID. And then we didn't get it during the championship game, but it cost them a championship. Then we got to play our championship game, which we won, but then our kids couldn't play the next week. So then we had some opt-outs from NFL guys that are still playing, thank goodness. And then there's last year, you know, my dad died. Uh, I want to say, I haven't checked my journal yet. I think it's tomorrow, it'll be a year. And, uh, and then we had, you know, the deal with Josh last year and uh, some injuries. We played a very good Troy team again. We've, we've drawn Louisiana Lafayette 15, San Diego State like to number 21. And then uh, we drew Troy, who was like 18 or 19. Mm-hmm. Now, we've been top 25 that whole way as well, pretty much, off of that first year. Uh, and those all sound like excuses, but those are all, to your point, I was answering your question. Right. <laughs> those are all real hurdles and obstacles that we just didn't quite get done. Well, so, some things are excuses, some things are reasons, you know? <laughs> um, going to something that you've made no bones about, the, the transfer portal, um, you guys have... You've made no secret that we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It, it stinks. Um, especially when people are poaching your guys. How, is, how has the transfer portal changed your role as a head coach? How has it changed your profession as being a head coach of a D1 program? Well, we're all dealing with it. I've just chosen to look at it as a positive. Uh, obviously, you don't want to lose your players. So we've lost two great players. But I'd also like to focus on how many great ones we've picked up. I mean, you look at Joe Evans from LSU, Nick Booker-Brown, NC State, Ronald Triplett, K-State, Cam, our corner, Sam Houston State. Uh, we, we've done really well ourselves uh, in getting players through the transfer portal. So it would be very hypocritical of me to be, you know, to be negative about it when we've also benefited from it as well. It's, it's the wish that we all have to embrace it. It's the way of the new world. And ideally, I'd like to lose none of my players and only pick up the guys right. I want to come. That's what you'd like to have. But we've, we've benefited. Uh, tremendously as well. And I'm sure I just rattled those guys off the name top of my head. Payne A. Bear at Northwestern. I mean, Rocco, uh, mm-hmm. Vanderbilt. There's, we could start going on if I even thought about it. Chris Carpenter, Colorado. Um, and that's just off the top of my head. Owen McCallan, Colorado, uh, where we benefited. And where for us, where it happens is 
they get so enamored with the Power 5 gig that a lot of times they know they should have come and played for us on the front end and they don't do it and they go somewhere, they chase the glitter and they get there and it wasn't as real as they thought it was going to be and we get on, on the bounce back. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of where we've made a lot of hay and some success. So it is what it is. It's the way of the new world. Um, I think it will benefit us in the long run. If we can get our NIL money, uh, just, just competitive. I'm not talking about crazy money. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about just competitive. Uh, I feel strongly if all of our kids could have enough money for a car and some insurance and a cell phone, they'd stay here and play as long as they could unless they get a crazy offer, like crazy, mm -hmm. which some of those are out there. Not, not a lot, but there are some out there. Uh, we would be successful here as long as we want to be. But has that kind of changed, like, head coach's role used to be just recruit, uh, head coach your, or coach your kids, and then, you know, do your thing. Now you're kind of recruiting all year round, and you're kind of, you're having to fundraise, and you're having to do all those things for your program. Has that kind of changed the role of, of a head coach almost? Is not more not so much for me, just because I've always wanted every kid to want to play for me. I, I've never operated that way. Uh, when I got here, my very first speech was, you know, you know, they didn't pick me, I picked them. It's my job to win them over. That's the way I see it. And uh, you should be recruiting your roster every day anyway. If you truly love the Lord and you love kids, I mean, you should be treating people. I mean, it wasn't complicated. Love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. Well, love your neighbor as yourself. It doesn't mean we're soft on our kids or we're easy on our kids. They know my yes is my yes and my no is my no, but uh, we're going to treat them a certain way and love them. And we don't, we don't have hardly, if any, kids just leave us because they were dissatisfied with the way they were coached. They might not like their playing time. They might want to be used a different way. And we, we try to help that. We try to help them. That's something that's unique. Our, our kids that get in the portal, we, we try to, I'm still helping Trey Moore right now. Uh, I'm still talking to him about who he's talking to and, and the process for him and how I can help him. I, I'll always see him as my kids. And I know that's crazy, uh, but it's probably the Texas high school football coach in me. I'll always see him as my kid. All right, Coach, let's get to a couple of fun questions. All right. So, we're in San Antonio. San Antonio, obviously, a staple of a couple of things. One of them, breakfast tacos. What's your favorite one? Mm. I'm pretty conventional, just some bacon and some eggs and <laughs> some good salsa. Any, per any particular place in town? Um, you know... Probably off I-10 there, you know, Palenque, was it? Taco Palenque. Taco Palenque. I've gone, after every game, uh, I drive through uh, the drive through and that's a good beat down if you want a good taco. Right. Uh, <laughs> and I, yeah, that'd be my go-to, I'd say the most, uh, yeah, that'd be my spot. If you needed something at the end of the night, are you salty or sweet kind of person? Yeah, during football season, this is the only time I really give in to that. And, uh, Late night film yeah. sessions, Coach. <laughs> you know, chips and salsa are, are a real weakness of mine, but I did find myself the other night getting in a bluebell with a brownie. So, <laughs> this time of year, I, I'm going to put on 10 pounds uh, just from football, the stress eating, and you can just layer up so y'all don't really see how disgusting I'm getting under here. It's every so, <laughs> so when it when it gets hotter around here, which it stays that way, I'll slim back up. But yeah, uh, probably in the day it'd be chips and salsa, snack chips and salsa. And at night, uh, I like sweets. But 
I try to do better, but not during the season. I'm bad. Uh, when Jeff Trailer was growing up, what did he want to be as 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 a grown up when he was yeah. a kid? I always wanted to be the head coach of the Gilmer Buckeyes. I mean, that's what I wanted to do. I was in the ninth grade. I used to tell my mom and dad all the time I was never going to leave Gilmer. I was just going to grow up and be the head football coach and never leave. My mom and dad didn't like that, so they they sent me to Europe for two weeks with the Rotary Club, and uh, I was more determined I was never going to leave Gilmer ever after going to Europe for two weeks and be on a plane that long. First time I've ever flown. Mm -hmm. And just scared the heebie-jeebies out of me. And uh, Probably if Charlie hadn't called me at the University of Texas, I don't know what else could have got me out of Gilmer. I, I was loving life. You know, I had a stadium named after me. I lived beside my brother. We both lived on a, we had three seven-acre ponds in our backyard and stocked. You could fish all you wanted to fish. and Life was good. Uh, but the Lord really wanted me to go do something else and do more. Uh, or I'd still be there. And I'm excited about watching them play Friday. You know, I'm going to be there. And I'll be, I got to cheer for Belleville too because that's the right thing to do as a Texas high school football coach. <laughs> but, you know, all those assistants are still my former players and my former assistants. They're now the head coaches there. And I got a nephew coaching on the team. So, you know, it's a pretty cool deal. And I'll always see myself as that way, just a, a Texas high school football coach that the Lord just got to use them in a different way now. All right, last three. Go to Starbucks order. Oh, right now it's a vanilla sweet cream cold brew grande. Uh, in, in, a, in a cold night, it's going to be a vanilla latte and heat me up some banana nut bread. Uh, and that'd be, the, that'd be a nice, nice night if you're, you know, just freezing cold. Right. It's not like the Dan Campbell who gets two ventis and two espresso shots in each I, one of them. I'm just, I'm just getting too old to risk right. that anymore. I'm terrified. I'm gonna. Back when I was younger, and I would try all that crazy stuff, but I like living too much, and I want to see some grandkids one day. So yeah. I'm trying to, I'm trying to chill out a little bit for my blood pressure sake. Right. And are uh, are the Roadrunners going to win next Tuesday? You know, uh, I never go into it thinking we're going to lose ever. It doesn't matter who we're going to play against, and that's always the objective, and it always will be. We don't talk about it a lot. We don't. We really, we really do stress, you know, trusting the process and winning the day and all those things. Y'all hear me say all the time. We really do believe that. We think the score will take care of itself. I will handle that in those situations. You know, we're playing an opponent that's been to ten bowls out of eleven, seven in a row. Very physical team, um, and they're going through stuff too, like we are. They've got guys in the transfer portal. They've got coaches changes going on, which just it's pretty much bowl season. So that's what everybody goes through right now. And, uh, but that's the plan. Every time we tee it up, that's the plan for the Roadrunners to come out with more points than the other team, we hope. I knew that was going to be the answer. I just see, see if I get a score prediction out of you. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know it's crazy. Uh, my wife always wants to know, and my kids, and you just don't know. We've done it so long, and football bounces so crazy. You just don't know. Mm -hmm. As we just experienced, when turnovers get involved, a lot of things can happen. And, uh, but if you play good football, Eliminate your pre-snap penalties. You're great on defense. You run the ball well, and you're good in the kicking game. And you protect the football. That's been the secret to our sauce, you know, for four years. And we need to focus on that. Well, Coach, next time I see you, I hope we're talking to happy, happy Jeff and happy nice. Frank on I've, Tuesday night. I hadn't had that happen yet. That'd be nice. Thank y'all. Appreciate you, Coach. Yes, sir. God bless. Birds up. I love. Interesting people saying interesting things, and yeah. he is eternally interesting. But you, you feel like six minutes into that interview, you can feel the emotion of him. With, yeah. Is, like, 
feel his heart. I didn't expect that from him. Like I don't when think I was doing he did either. Yeah, it's just like it was so natural and and just brought on by just how closely he feels with these kids. Like this game tonight is going to be emotional for everybody on the field, but especially him, uh, Rashad and Frank, and all the so, seniors. So to, to further talk about who Jeff Trailer is as a person, for those of you who don't know, these guys are prepared for these interviews all the time, and mm-hmm. they normally just know they're going to give these standard answers. So what I loved about when you talked about him getting emotional is you can see that Jeff answers your question honestly. He he processes the question, he gives it thought, and he answers honestly instead of the robotic that you see from everybody else just about. And we all knew that was going to happen when he got hired because when he got hired, he went completely off script and talked right. for 20 minutes right. at his intro. But he processed <laughs> it. He wasn't afraid to show his emotion. He said, I'm going to get emotional right now because I'm think- I can feel it coming and I'm thinking about these two kids. And it just shows you how authentic he is. Gotcha. Uh, let's get to Bob Gambert, or a viewer question or comment. Bob, birthday boy. Asks, uh, will Frank Harris be healthy to start the game tonight? Frank Harris, will Frank Harris be healthy to start the game tonight? I think Frank is as healthy as he's been all year. Frank hasn't been healthy since the fifth grade. <laughs> but hey, hey, you know, he's as healthy as he's been for any bowl game. Much healthier than he was against San Diego State well, here. Well, think of how hurt he was against Troy. Troy. Yeah, he's, he's good to go. He was, like, limping out of the stadium last year against Troy. Like, yeah. he did not, he was not healthy one iota last year. Yeah, Frank doesn't play well outdoors in cold. Hasn't anyway. Uh, so is it, that's is what, it cold? Well, for me, it's, <laughs> it's going to be windy and really cool in the 40s, right? So, um, that aside, I think he plays very well tonight. I think they light him up. I'm going to try and get Don to watch the game on the sidelines tonight. I don't know how that's going to go. <laughs> I'd rather be in the warm press box. I'm a vet, Matt. I've I know. been there. I've been I there. Know. I still get excited to be on I've the stood sidelines. on way too many sidelines. All right. Well, um, finally, score prediction. The uh, UTSA is favored by 12 and a half, 11 and a half, something like that. Okay. Then let's go with that. I'm going to go a little more than that. I'm going to say UTSA 31. 17. Their team total prediction is 31 and a half, so it's right around, right around there. So, okay. I just take I just look at the lines. Uh, I'm going to go 42-24. Okay. I think it's a little higher scoring. scoring. I think it's a little higher scoring because the impact of Trey Moore, I think, will will loom a little large. Yeah, just because sure. on their defensive side, he he does so much for them. So, but this was fun. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah, this, thanks for setting it all up and doing it live. Thanks to Cyber Bob back at the station, and Luis Escamilla doing a great job producing this podcast. You guys, Matt, you've really done a good job with this thing. I appreciate it, and thank you to everybody who tuned in uh, and will listen now uh, as we put this online for the podcast uh, for just the audio version. You can go back and watch this on YouTube as well. We're going to be excited to watch this game here. Uh, Game is on ESPN 8 o'clock. Don's going to be live here 5 and 6 o'clock on News 4. Chuck will be live at 9 o'clock, or Zach actually going to be back in the studio tonight. Chuck's in Germany or something. I don't even know where (laughs) Chuck is anymore. Um, But thank you, everyone, for watching. That's that's it for this special edition of Sneakers and Cleats podcast. Remember to download, rate, review, subscribe, give us a five-star rating, tell a friend, tell an enemy. Zach and I will be back in studio in San Antonio on Thursday talking about how the Cowboys cannot get blown out by the Dolphins. And Merry Christmas, everybody. I'm not going to see you until after the holidays. Yep. And we just a reminder, we will be off all of next week. So I'll be off next week. 
Uh, everyone's getting a little time off. So uh, we will be back after Thursday. We'll be back on the 2nd of January. So Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Thank you, everyone, for watching. We'll see you on Thursday right here on the Sneakers Cleats Podcast. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers. But you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. <laughs> Auto Trader.